The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Welcome to the Formula of Sports Talk. We are live in the studio. We are in... Phoenix, Arizona. You know, we, we moved a block away. It was We were in Tempe. <laughs> we <laughs> now we're in Phoenix. Phoenix. Now we're in Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. a block away, which is crazy. But, you know, that's, yeah. how, that's how it is. They, Get the wind to blow. We'll be in Mesa next. Oh, we'll be in Mesa. Uh-huh. Oh, if we had Western, we'd be in South Phoenix. That's we're almost in South <laughs> Phoenix, we're actually. Close. We are close. <laughs> we're rolling. Which is not bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you can get a lot for you. You can get a lot for everything. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the show, Alex Clancy in the studio. We got Deborah Debris, yourclearedge.com or Clancy Corner. I think that's his Twitter information. At Clancy's Corner last <laughs> time. That's all good. No, it's not. Make it's the not. sign, dude. Hold yeah. it up. Hey, you can check out the fan page on Facebook. We got a lot to talk about. It's like, uh, we got some football. We got, uh, definitely, uh, I know Deborah's, um, her, uh, down and dirty with Deborah's gonna be interesting. She said, wait till the end result, so I'm just gonna. I need to get a pen and paper. You so got to roll with it. Take some notes, dude. I got to take some notes on this one. <laughs> Clancy Corner, we got a few things uh, jumping off. So that's, uh, we got a good show. We're going to move fast because we don't have a lot of time for the information we want to put in. Um, so let's get right into the National Football League. You want to talk about Tebow first? No, a, no. Let's talk about no, Tebow. I want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wait. Well, this is what I, I'll say this about Tebow because this will have nothing to do with uh, anything. Um John Skelton is doing the same thing Tebow did. You don't hear about John Skelton. You don't get that press. And there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that's doing that. You know, if I was the NFL marketing guy, I would market Tebow. I'm not. You know, some guys just automatically hate him now because he's getting so much press. Do you know last week he was on every day, every day on SportsCenter. Then it was, he was on comparing him to Tom Brady. <laughs> Now to hear a show and you don't hear its name, yeah. his name is like what? What would yeah. happen to the dude? Nan is like the end of the world because he lost the football game. That's he didn't, right. He, didn't look, he played. He did what he was supposed to do. I yeah. mean, he's still a guy. But I will market him. But and you, the, the bringing up the T-Bow is, is to say that guys like John Skelton, who's five and one, who's winning games for the Cardinals, and then you got Kevin Cobb, who's they bring this guy in to to be the to be a quarterback uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Skelton's not dropping to a knee though. Skelton's not. He's not. Oh, he's not God. praying. He's not. Come he's on. not. He's not. He's not throwing the praises. It's a low blow. And it's true. I mean, everybody want to market. If I saw anything about you and I said, "Hmm, he don't know what he just did," but I'm gonna market that. That's what. That's what they. Anything doing. that's different. Yep. Whatever it is, doesn't yep. matter. Good, bad, or whatever. Anything that's different, you can market it. Tim Tebow, twelve carries, ninety-three yards, and two touchdowns. You're running. Back. John Skelton. Two carries for seven yards. So you're saying that they're the same is com- not true. The no. thing with Tebow is that he's just what you said. See, he's I don't even know what you just said. Go ahead. I said that they're they're completely different quarterbacks. Yeah, maybe John Skelton has a five and one record. The way that Tebow wins is different. So anything from any professional sport, when anything is new or different, it's obviously going to be looked at. And because he's winning, if he was losing, we wouldn't be talking about this. No, I, well we okay. would. Yeah. Just well, with well, a different tone yeah. Yeah. and not as much. And, yeah. and the way he's winning. 
the, the only difference in the way he's winning is nobody expects him to be a quarterback, but he's really he's got more rushing yards than passing yards. So he's a he's I said now I like Tim Tebow. I think he'd be more productive at a, at the H back because who's going to cover him? Who's going to stop him? And then you can still use my quarterback because he wants to be a quarterback, but his own management, his own organization is, will be looking for a quarterback in the draft. Now, at the guys winning football games, keep him at quarterback. It's not that he's he, he's 12 carries for 98 yards, two touchdowns. That is a running back. You mean same thing when Vic came out the league, he was running the ball. Same thing when um, I mean, anytime you see a quarterback running for more yards, sometimes than passing and have more rushing yards uh, than passing than passing touchdowns, um, it, it looks different, and you and you make a judgment about it. I liked him, Tebow. He's a winner. He's been a winner all his life. He and is I a winner. He's a winner off the field and on the field, and as far as getting his guys to follow him. Right, and I'm just saying, Skelton, in a sense, with Skelton is, is concerned. He's winning also, but you don't, and he's coming off the bench doing it most times. But he's also playing like a quarterback plays where Tebow wasn't, which made right. him different again, which again, he's winning, but it was something to point fingers at and say, well, God, you know, he's but, not playing like a normal and quarterback. And is, let me right. mark it that. Let me mark right. it that. So well, now, that's, that's what I'm saying now, about Tim Tebow. The other thing that people forget is that he's only been in the league two years. This is his first real year in the NFL. Let's, for, for all intents and purposes, he's a starting quarterback. Same with John Skelton. So that's one of the things. John Skelton was a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. He's getting his chance this year. He's playing well. He knows the system. But Tim Tebow, they made a system for him. They have a new head coach. It's difficult for him. Like, look at Alex Smith in San Francisco. He had seven offensive coordinators in seven years. Well, that's what okay, I So now he has one guy that he believes in. He understands the system. They, they make the offensive system around the quarterback and not the other way around, not making the quarterback learn the system, and great things happen. And so it, this isn't a mistake. This is this is a game plan that's being executed. It, my whole thing was marketing. I'm not saying Tebow's a bad guy. I'm not saying you shouldn't build things around him. But when you make when you make things, if you got the right team, if Tim Tebow right now he's falling into the right team. He's in the right position. Absolutely. But because you got receivers, you got running backs. Tim Tebow's getting all this. You you got to be humble and say, well, we win the football games. Mm-hmm. When you win football games, everyone wins. You think uh, Willis McGahee, Nashawn, uh, uh, Marino, Nashawn Marino, yeah, it's going when he comes back, he gonna say. Hand the ball off to me, but they do. They did bring his college system back, his high school system back, as an option, and it works. It keeps teams off balance. And would you, mm-hmm. if you can keep somebody off balance and you try to win football games, then you're winning. I, I don't. I don't have anything to say about it. But everything catches up to you. Then what he's going to do? Now he's going to have to throw the ball. He, you can't beat a team like New England Patriots when you're down by 14 points and you can't throw. Yeah, but the marketing's not his fault. It's no, not no, like no, it's no. not like no. I said I would market him. It's not his fault at all. He. He has no control of. Just like I said, if I saw you do something right now in the studio, and you don't even know what you did, I say I'm gonna market that. You don't even know what you're doing, but I'm gonna market it, and then it's gonna be a big crave about it if it's marketed correctly. Tim Tebow gets on one knee, and then it's called Tebow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not asking for any of this. Yeah, it's just happening around Tim him. Tim Tebow didn't send anybody out and say right. market this for me. It right. just it comes with. Something being Tebow's different. Being yeah. Tebow. Yeah, and he's and always been that guy. And the funny part is that, well, not funny, almost sad, is that. Uh, the media is making him to look kind of like a hero when, in fact, he's turning into a villain. 
because everybody now True. looks at him as it, he brought it upon himself, which he hasn't done jack but shut his mouth and play football. And it's not his fault that he's different. It's not his fault that he's bigger than every almost every quarterback in the NFL, and he can run over linebackers and DBs. It's not his fault that that's how he scores touchdowns. Who is the guy, the running back? Um, that's, who, that's who Tim Tebow is. Who's the running back for Minnesota Vikings? Not Adrian Peterson, his backup. Toby Gerhardt? Toby Gerhardt. That's, that's Tim Tebow. He can be that guy. And still be because Toby Toby Gerhardt's slow, but Tim Tebow a lot faster. Yeah. And power. I mean, he's just the same guy. Yeah, like, that's I, if I understand. Was, that's if I'm trying to make him somebody that he don't want to be. You gonna yeah. tell Tim Tim Tebow you're not a quarterback? You gonna just make him more motivated to do what he's doing now? Right. And it's again, it's his first year. They sent his stud receiver to St. Louis. The only receiver that he's making Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker look like Pro well, Bowlers. Brandon Marshall's in Miami. Yeah, and Brandon, had... if he would have had that, well, those two are just problem childs. And the, but they would, if they would have been opposite each other, this could actually be a team that could actually win with this running with this running team and the and the revamped defense. They got a lot of pieces. Uh, the defenses, yeah, defense. I it's, like the way they're playing, but they you know, got a lot of pieces. Now, Skelton is winning football games. The Arizona Cardinals winning football games. The Arizona Cardinals are at five hundred right now. I want to say they're seven and seven. Um, with two games left, they can be. They can finish the season off. Unfortunately, that the uh, San Francisco 49ers is playing out. Oh, they play out, out of their mind. <laughs> they could be nine and seven, and that would be a win. Yes. That would be even if they finish eight and eight. The way they started, they gave away four games yeah. right. early in the year. They so, can easily be nine and five and tied for the wild card right now with Detroit. I agree. I agree. I, I say I had the Cardinals come into the season at ten and six, yeah, and and losing probably two games off stupid mistakes with or without Kevin Cobb though. Because they've done all this without Kevin. See, Cobb. I don't care about offense. I don't care about a lot of offense. But I mean, you need to get the offense to put in. You know, you got to have offense to put the ball in the end zone. But I don't really care about offense. I, I say ten and six because of defense. And these yeah. guys are probably and they're in the top ten. I want to say as far as stopping the run. And if you can stop the run, and that secondary was horrific um, early in the year. Mm-hmm. And, and then and when you get when that whole team get that confidence and you, you see the emergence of Adrian, I mean uh, Patrick Peterson, what he's doing. His punt returns, putting them on the board. He um, single-handedly, I won't say single-handedly, he's not out there by himself, but he's won about two games off punt returns. Yeah. And they had like four or five overtime games, and they pulled them out. And, that's and he good. set it up last week. He, he had a really nice punt return to set up the Larry Fitzgerald pass and set up the eventual field goal. Yep. And not to mention um, uh, Stevens Howlins. Uh, he's he's had a, took a screen in mm-hmm. in overtime. and he mm-hmm. They got a lot of pe- people out there, uh, players out there, that's doing their part. Well, they're starting to gel as a team. Right. They're pulling together. They're starting to trust themselves and what they do, and then they're also starting to trust each other. So they're pulling together and making it happen. And, and I hear Wizenhunt a lot say, "Stay the course," and, and that's true. Mm-hmm. You got to stay the course, whether you winning and losing. Because you, you, we talked about, uh, you know, if you if you get some guys to believe in your mm-hmm. system, and you like we were talking off the air before the show started. Get some guys out of college that fits your system, not because he's the best one in college. And, right. and, and you know, you, they talk about get the best player. That's fine. You want to get the best player, but you better put him somewhere where he's productive. Right. So everybody can play at their natural state. They right. know what to do and how to do it within the plan. And like you say, you stick with the plan because then when the, the plan isn't working, you can make some slight adjustments, and then you've got your new plan again rather than just flip-flopping back and forth, and now nobody ever knows what's going on, and it creates chaos. Right. And then, I mean, the unsung hero in this, which he shouldn't be because he's missed, I think he's missed a game and a half, I believe. Beanie Wells is six yards away from 1,000, like 10 it. touchdowns. He, I mean, he had one game that ballooned it. He ran for what two thirty against uh, St. Louis, but he's he's been solid. And if you have a solid run game, a solid defense, and a solid quarterback, you don't have to be outstanding in any in any facet. But it definitely 
definitely allows you to win more games. Yeah, it helps out. And beating well, I'm I'm impressed with him this year because I was one of those guys. And you can't say a football guy's not tough. But the only reason people say that, and the only reason why I would say that, is you missing too many games. Right. You miss too many games because as soon as you get a nick or, or a bruise, you, your mind tell you, your body tell you, shut it down, mm-hmm. and you're not playing. When we need you, when you that type of bad, look how he's running now. Right. I, I was impressed with him when he wasn't supposed to play in Pittsburgh, and he came out and had an outstanding game. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Another one game that they shouldn't have lost. They had these guys about 23 points. They shouldn't have lost that game. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what – I don't know. It's okay, though. But they stayed the course, and they they sitting at 500 right now. They can, they can control their own destiny as far as having a decent season from where they started. So you know, well, And that's what we've talked about. I mean, pain is optional. We saw him get you know hit and come out of the game and then turn right around and go right back in the game and have an, excep- an exceptional, uh, make exceptional plays. Um, because he, you know, he knew he could. He, yeah. he had that confidence and he made it happen. And I think he might have got over that threshold too. He, yeah. He's playing with pain now. He's That's playing because right. he's hurt. Now everybody at this time of year is hurt, but you know, most time you see those type of guys let's sit out two games. Mm, and sure. you, you never see, uh, Adrian Peterson sit out, but he, you can't run. You can't run. To. He has a high Probably. ankle sprain. Yeah. You got Ben Roethlisberger. Now, you got a running back and a quarterback with the same injury. Quarterback can get in the shotgun right. and, and let it go, but it's, or hand the ball off. You can do those things. Uh, but you can't. It limits you as far as boot plays because you can't get out fast enough. Now, yeah, it's Peterson, a true injury. It's a it's a real injury. Right. He can't get out with that type of uh, power agents that Peterson have and run with. He's aggressive. Now we almost we almost had two undefeated teams this year: the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. I'm glad they lost. I'm, uh, and the reason I say that they didn't start the season and say one, two, three. Let's go undefeated. Right. They said win. They probably said win or get in the playoff or Super Bowl on three. Mm-hmm. Nobody starts the season off. No one, not even the 72 Dolphins, mm-hmm. say let's go undefeated this year. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's so many so many things that can't, you can't control when you're playing mm-hmm. in a football game like the other team or what happens. So it could be emotional. It could be uh, somebody that's going through something. They just have an outstanding game. Like Brett Favre, his, his dad passed mm-hmm. away. He came out, shouldn't have played in the game, broke records, put up mm-hmm. great numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these guys, uh, they, they can't see the Chiefs beat them. Romeo Cromwell, he might have gotten a job over there. Yeah, and I mean, it was tough for Green Bay. I mean, this was Kansas City Super Bowl, so they're always going to come out at home with all, with all the fire and everything. And Aaron Rodgers after the game was smiling. He's just like, it doesn't matter. Right. We've already locked up our division. We're probably we have to win one out of the next two games to lock up home field. So he's like, you know what? We can't. Plus, they lost. One thing about the future though is that their whole offensive line is hurt. Yeah, yeah. Whole, they lost two more offensive linemen last week. They were replacements for the guys that were already hurt. Yeah, Kansas City had their number the entire game, and, and we're gonna take a break, but we'll get back into that. We got Clancy Corner coming up. We already I think pretty he, much. Well, <laughs> well, you just adjust we'll go your deeper. corner. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, we'll go deeper. Take another corner. Uh, all right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be back in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, they were Tell they, me off. They just Tell me had, off. Huh? Tell me off here. We're not off here. I'm telling you. This guy, we, just, we can talk off. We can talk through the break. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the show. We are live here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, just a block away from Tempe, where we were <laughs> about two months ago. Close to the McDonald's. Close to the McDonald's. Oh, man. You, you see what kind of coffee I have now. Both That's of you right. guys got McDonald's. You made yours at home. Right? I got my homebrew. This guy still buying McDonald's stuff. I'm going to bring you some coffee. Because I go through the drive-thru, so it's not an issue. You know what? It wasn't an issue <laughs> since we were on it. Let me talk about oh. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up, dude. No, we got Clancy Corner, and this might take about five, ten minutes to get through the Clancy Corner. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, well, thank you for the preface earlier. I was at um, a bar this weekend watching the Broncos-Patriots game. And a couple of guys sat down next to me, and they started chanting, I hate Tebow, I hate Tebow, I hate Tebow. And I, I couldn't help myself. I turned to them, and I smiled, and I'm like, give me one reason why. One reason. They laughed. They're like, oh, bro, you know, I don't know. I'm like, after that, I just turned around, and I was like, those guys are idiots. So I'm going to pause that story to tell you this one. Uh, Bill Gates in the late 70s bought um, this operating system, an operating system that he sold to IBM. For the previous 35 years, everyone in the technology world said the money was in computer hardware, not software. Gates disagreed. Everybody, you know, laughed at him, whatever, and then, you know, who, who's laughing now? Because in 1981, Microsoft put out its first operating system software and has never looked back. Now, I use this metaphor with Tim Tebow. I know it's far-fetched, maybe, but revolutionary, revolutionary ideas are usually looked at as crazy. Timothy Tebow, up to this point, has succeeded with the quote-unquote revolutionary way he plays the game of football. Granted, he doesn't throw the ball like Joe Montana, but could Joe Montana run the ball like Tim Tebow? I don't think so. Tim Tebow's overall skill set is lacking. Granted, his, his athleticism is shaky at best, but absolute leadership and drive has been the software that Tim Tebow runs on. I'm not saying he's gone, because he isn't. I'm not saying he's perfect, even though he appears to be, hence why people quote-unquote hate Tim Tebow like those boneheads at the bar. All I'm saying is that he's a hardworking young man that loves the game of football. He sweats, bleeds, and inspires through the game that he was born to play, regardless of if he looks like everybody else when he's playing it or not. Who cares if he's made out to be a villain, like I stated earlier, by the media due to his apparent perfection? Who, who the hell cares? 
He plays the game of football the way it's meant to be played. Hard, confidently, and with team pride. And nothing else should matter. And especially nowadays where you have these players that are complaining when they want to get traded because they're not happy happy in the city they're in. They're not happy with the team. They're making millions of dollars, sometimes a game. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a game. Tim Tebow shuts his mouth, puts his head down, and plays football. And I don't understand why there's why people hate him for it. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Join the show. That's Clancy Corner. We look first. First of all, you don't get beat up in a bar. If you, <laughs> you got them guys. Uh, you know what? You're right though. Check out the signs. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know why they don't like Tim Tebow. I, and it goes back to what we were talking to er, about earlier. It's it's not his fault that he's who he is. He's good. He's not perfect. I mean, it may look like that, but he's not perfect because all those guys we put on the pedestal, we're waiting to bring them right back down. We're waiting to find some dirt on them. Tim Tebow is just doing his job, doing what he's supposed to do. Hey, he just marketed a lot different. He has a number one jersey, maybe for two years in a row now, mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, his NFL jersey. And none of that's his fault. Tim, Tim Tebow goes about his business. He didn't ask for any of this, as we said. Um, but I can't understand. I can understand now, after the mania, why people don't like him, but there's not a legitimate reason. But here's the thing. It goes back to a survival mechanism. When we go back to even earlier, the caveman days and before, I mean, we're looking at anybody who doesn't look, smell, or feel like us as another. And we're going to take them down if we can because we don't feel comfortable with them because they're not acting the way we act. They don't look the way we act. TiVo came into this thing. He didn't play the game like everybody else was playing it. So everybody's pointing fingers until he started winning. Then all of a sudden it's, oh, boy, we want, we want wins, so let's jump on board with that until he does something else that's unique and different. Every inventor, inventor there ever was, people were pointing fingers until all of a sudden the invention was made, something new and different. And then everybody's like, oh, I want to jump on the bandwagon with that. It's a natural tendency for human beings. Right. And perception is we, we like our quarterbacks to look like, as you mentioned, mm. uh, Joe Montana. Joe Montana, can't, he, again, he can't run it. Everybody at that position has some unique, unique quality to make them, to keep them at the quarterback spot. You know, so, you know, some guys, look at Peyton Manning and um, when he came out. And who was the other guy, the um, loose cannon that went to San Diego? Philip Rivers? No, no, not Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Rivers is not a loose cannon. I know. I was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, he was. Uh, he went to the University of Washington. I think of his name in a little while. Um, but he's an idiot. He's a complete idiot. <laughs> and both of those guys came out. Uh, Peyton Manning and let me look up his name right now. Let me look up his name. But they came out. They had unique qualities. But when you got to the league. He didn't. He mentally. He You're talking about Ryan Leaf. I'm talking about Ryan Leaf. Jeez. I'm talking about Ryan Leaf. Look nice pull. Yeah. <laughs> nice pull. I didn't look it up. I knew it. But yeah, you um, <laughs> you talking about two guys? You looking at two guys that came out with all that height? Peyton Manning just went about his business. Ryan Leaf went about his. It was just on opposite ends. So at the quarterback position, you have to have something unique. Tim Tebow has something unique. He got his team following him. He, exactly. He not. He don't have the same. You can look at Tim Tebow like he's a god if you want to, and that's not with a capital G. But he has a disciple. That's his offense. That's right. That's right. You build your following. Yep. But, yeah. then, but then you have Michael Vick that came out, and he was like, oh, I'm excited to watch this guy. I'm excited to see him run. I'm excited to see him because he was fast. He was he was a lot smoother than Tim Tebow in his clunkiness when, when he runs. But Tim Tebow gains yards in different ways. He's more of like a... He's more of a side-by-side runner. Like, he's a zigzagger as opposed to, I'm going to beat you with my speed straight out. So it's not... But, you know, and Michael Vick, he's, to this day, he is still stressing... Defensive coordinators out. Yeah. He's still stressing defenses out. Uh, you still got to worry about this guy getting out of the pocket. Uh, now, 
That, that's his talent. He's able to do that, and he has a strong arm. He has great, a tight spell. great arm, yeah. And I wish he wouldn't run so much because he's going to miss four games every year. Uh-huh. If I'm doing his contract, okay, he's getting $100 million this this in this in this contract, <laughs> I'm going to take about I'm going to take about sixteen million of that out because I know you're going to miss four games. Now you can't do that. You don't hope he pay him that. per game. <laughs> you know what? Guys should get paid for their production, but you know, it's it's the business we're in, and that's another mm-hmm. topic from down the road. <laughs> Tim Tebow took a lot of uh, pressure off what the Green Bay Packers were doing. I think he, you know they was going to talk about that undefeated season, but you know you had a lot of guys. I mean, you had that mania of Tim Tebow, right? Took some of the pressure off what Green Bay was doing. They didn't want to talk about it. I mean, who cares? They go undefeated. And the only, only, I think the only people that that worry so much about it is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, there's about 58 guys. <laughs> yeah, and 58 <laughs> guys, and they played for the Dolphins in 72. 72. So, yeah. I, you know, Tim Tebow, he's different. And, and you're right, Deborah. If he don't look like us, they don't walk like us. We got to figure out. Why, who this guy is? Now we got to dissect him. Now we got to figure everything out about him. And that's, and that's another thing. With as soon as he does something bad, as as or that we perceive to be bad, right? We're gonna we're gonna break him down like everyone built him up. And, and not me because I, he's he's human. It's just as long as he doesn't affect another human. Well, I, I mean, and you and you have like singers, you know, rappers, um, actors, and actresses. Thank God all the time, and nobody says anything about that. They talk about God for ten minutes in their acceptance speech. I I say a lot about that, especially when rappers do it. I mean, you just you've been saying bees and hoes uh, uh, yeah. the hoes the hoes <laughs> yeah. three minutes and got an award for <laughs> killing somebody talking about God drugs, for my talent talking about drugs, uh, <laughs> sex, money, and murder. Yeah. And you thank God. And yet I you mean, got yet you got other guys out there, guys and gals both, who are doing the whole rapping thing. They've got the heavy beats. They've got good music, and they don't have to have that type of language in there. And they're still willing to win awards. And you got to remember, when you thank God, it's, it's not always the God you're thinking of. It's, it's everybody has their different gods, so it's not always you. Th- you think God because you think of a certain you cer- you think of a certain thing you were brought up on. Right. It's not always the same God. Let me be the first to tell you that. So. Okay, well, that was good, Clancy Corner. 888-346-9144. Call in and, you know, join the show. You might win an Energy Force band. Uh, you know, come up with a good question. We may say, oh, yeah, and I got to get you one, Alex, huh? Huh. huh. Uh, energy, yeah. Huh, Energy Force Brand. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got a question for you. Do you have a prediction for the Super Bowl yet? Yeah. Because I remember we talked after like week two, and you're like, I'll have my new prediction in six weeks. I never got one. It's not six weeks, is it? Uh, it's been about thirteen weeks. Well, you say then. you say week two to justify your uh Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> What's your Super Bowl prediction? There's gonna be one. <laughs> it's um my Super Bowl. This is the toughest year in recent history to actually pick it. No. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a team, the middling team, like the Falcons, could come out of nowhere and, and do some damage because everybody's healthy. Well, Falcons. Remember them last year, and I give you my prediction. Um, remember the Falcons last year? They were the team to be in the Super Bowl. They get a bye week and they come out and they lose to Green Bay. Green Bay just walked through, uh, went through Chicago. Green Bay got in the playoffs. I think they were nine and seven. Yeah, they were nine and seven. They were nine and seven and had to go to. They the won Chicago. their last four games of the year, I think, to make the playoffs. Yeah, so they was on a fifty-two game uh, win streak, mm-hmm. a fifty-two week win streak. Uh, so they go and knock everybody else. Atlanta was a team to be in the Super Bowl. Now, for my prediction this year, and it's premature. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers, and if the uh, New England Patriots fix their defense. They will be the New England Patriots and Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers winning it. New Orleans oh. beats Green Bay, and 
They it doesn't have, matter because New Orleans is going to win the Super Bowl. They have to go to. Um, <laughs> they have to go to uh, Green Bay. Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't because they play the first game. Because the they can run there. the ball and Green Bay can't run the ball. Even, well, if, even if it's like little, even if it's little screen passes to Darren Sproles, that counts as a run. Started running ball. I mean, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you, you run the ball in the winter. You throw in the you, you throw in the fall and run in the winter. But Drew Brees and, and he's my uh, he's my top three quarterback in my top three quarterbacks. Um, if he's playing outside, that ball is going. He's he's way better than the dome, and that's why they're going on this run. This guy's throwing for 300, 300, three and a half, 350 yards plus a game. Had 400, and they took him out in the fourth five quarter. Five touchdowns. Yeah, it took, he had like 412 yards, and they took him out in the fourth quarter. So my prediction is uh, New Orleans and Pittsburgh, if Ben can stay healthy. Pittsburgh, mm, if no. Ben can, Their defense is back, but they're going to beat Baltimore, and I don't think New England's, I don't think it's their year. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think so? Nope. Because Tebow had that game for two quarters. I'm not. I'm not saying it's because of Tebow. I'm saying that <laughs> yes, he ran exactly. all over. The, no, for the first two quarters, they could not stop Tim Tebow. He's let alone. Well, you. Well, you know what? I, I don't want to talk about. I'm done with Tebow. I was just nah, making a point. Not, you're never going to be done with Tebow. As long as he's playing football, he's going to be doing something on both ends of the Amen. spectrum. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he's um, Hallelujah, brother. <laughs> T- Tim Tebow. Well, I, I, I see more so the defense of New England. Right. I will make this guy one-dimensional. He's already made himself one-dimensional anyway. He's a runner. He he can't he can't throw with any consistency. I'm not Tim Tebow can throw the football, but not with any consistency to win a football game. Stop the run. And any football game you go into, you stop the run. They That's, probably tried to, but they couldn't. That's the beauty of the offense. Yeah, yeah, because he got. I mean, it's, it's, his whole offense is optional. It's check with me when I get to the line. And if, he, if he's able to master that, then I wouldn't change the offense. I just get people around him. Now it's going to look like the old Nebraska team. That yeah, run if option. you can run an option pass, they just can't right now because they have everybody blocking for. They have four guys. Well, oh. well, if he learns how to throw, you move him to tailback. Like I said, he'd be a uh, girl. No <laughs> shot. He'd be totally no girl shot. <laughs> and move him to tailback, and then now you got an option pass. The thing is, some of the other teams are starting to figure him out now. He's been doing this long enough. They're starting to figure Everything him out, and it's going to make a big difference. And that's what I say about. In, in the National Football League, everything catches up to That's you. That's right. It catches up to you. They're learning you, patterns, and everybody runs patterns. Right, and, and now you got to reinvent yourself. I, I, but if you're a winner, and that's one of the guys we talk about as being a winner, he'll find a way. His you passion, be creative. His, his passion for the game gets him over the top. Yeah. yeah. Because he's not that... No, I know, and they're not going to win this year. They're not going to win next year. They are, I mean, they are. Well, you, I wouldn't say but that. It's a process. It is. I mean, if, if, if John Fox... If he's building a team around Tebow, it's going to be a process. Draft offensive linemen, draft defense, and if, to, if that's going to be your offense, you need the strongest offensive line in the NFL to make go it to work. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, big, big offensive line uh-huh. in there. And they, maybe they, Monty Ball yeah. uh, almost won the Heisman. He maybe should have. Maybe not. The guy who won the Heisman won the Heisman. He won the Heisman <laughs> in the last five weeks of the season. So, if not the last week. No, you. Are. It was last week. He was. Th- I, we talked about this last week. He was third. He in the- won the Heisman. You, did you he watch was his third first the- game to his last yeah, game? Yeah, he was third in the voting going into the last week. He was the only one that played, so we jumped up the rankings. It's All the BCS. Up. It's the BS. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna separate you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> it is BS, but that guy was putting up. Numbers. No, I agree. No, I agree. And I think the Heisman, just like the MVP, should be an annual thing, not what you did last year. That's why. Look at. We talk so much about um, Andrew Luck. He wasn't. He was a Heisman candidate because they talked about what he did the year before, so he came in as the as the favorite. It's not because they were 12, 11, and one, and they only lost to the number two team in the country. Eleven and one don't make you the Heisman candidate. What about the other guys on his team? He has. He a, was. He, what about the, what about the running back? Uh, what about the receiver? He's he was throwing a uh, Nick Toon. He couldn't have been in the Heisman candidate race. 
He was putting up. That's ridiculous. He was putting up numbers. <laughs> he was putting up numbers. I so know, you, I, so you I, know, I think Robert Griffin should have won it, but he wasn't. He wasn't the candidate. He only came out the last half of the season as like an actual Heisman candidate. This guy's drunk. Hey, we. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah, no, he's he's a Heisman. He's a Heisman candidate, and he was the one. If if he doesn't get it, the running back for Alabama gets it. Uh, no, and I agree. I thought he was going to win it. Probably last sports talk. We'll be back in about uh, near future. <laughs> we'll go, we'll go Sorry, Deborah. <laughs> no worries, man. Got you covered. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to get down and dirty with Deborah. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports spin it with chuck foreman has a spin on so much that's going on it will be hard to fit it all into the promo we'll talk about the weekend games what to look forward to hot topics in the news spin it old school which gives a back in the day approach from chuck a no spin zone where chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news happenings and more it's football news and happenings tune in for spin it with chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We're in our third break. We just had Clancy Corner. That took us a turn for a, a, a whole lot of things. <laughs> now we're ready to get down and dirty with Deborah. So I'm going to talk this week about who's to blame when the teams are losing. Is it the owners, the coaches, the players, or maybe it's even the fans? I mean, you know, there's enough blame to go around every place. And the problem I've got with blame is that it's always pointing the finger someplace. It's either pointing it downstream to somebody who you feel is weaker, or you're pointing it upstream to somebody who you think should have known better, or you're pointing it at yourself. You know, is there sometimes you even point at the environment. Oh, you know, I can't play in cold weather. Oh, I can't play because the sun is too shiny. You know, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's the bottom line is somebody's going to feel bad and somebody's going to feel superior whenever you're pointing the finger of blame. And, you know, why do we do it? But it's human nature. It's a lot easier to point the finger at somebody else because if we point it at ourselves, it's almost admitting that we have a weakness. Well, guess what? Grow up. We all do. You know, you, when you have this, this blame on the inside, it just eats you up, and it runs rampant. The bottom line to all this when it comes to blame is that it's emotional. It truly is emotional. Somebody's always looking to get clear of whatever it is they're feeling at that point in time. The biggest problem with blame is that you never really get to the real issues. You're dancing around it. Somebody's angry. Somebody's lashing out. They're lashing in. Whatever's happening, you're never getting to the real issue. If people would start learning how to observe, 
you know, what really is the end result you're looking for? When you get ready to point the finger out or point the finger in, go look at what's the end result that you really wanted to achieve that you didn't achieve, specifically and exactly what can you do to make that happen. Get your focus back in the moment on command and look at what's getting in your way because I guarantee you there's some behavior, some thought, some feeling, some emotion that's getting in your way and you got to learn how to deal with it. Resolve that and everything else starts to get resolved. You get real, you get raw, you get results. Stop being so naughty and blaming everybody else and start to get nice and get freaking focused. You know, that, that's a good question. Who do you blame? Because you added the fans in there. I, I t- I'll tell you this. uh like the superstars, regardless of how well they played, they, they probably had an outstanding game. From if we watching them play, we think, "Oh, this guy was balling." But he'd be the first one to say, he or she'd be the first one to say, "I'll take this loss." Along with a great coach, mm-hmm. coaches always accept loss and they give the victories to the uh, players. But you know, those type of players, those type of coaches, they always say. You know, regardless, I've coached a good game or I played a good game. I'll take this loss. And, but who? Do, yeah, who do you really? But as long as you go back and say, "I'll take the loss," meaning I'll take the responsibility for it, but then don't take the blame that goes with it, because right. the blame is the negative. It's the the part that'll fog your mind and mess up the you know the Mondays when you're watching game films that everybody's pointing fingers, including at yourself. Oh man, I screwed that up. I didn't do that right. I didn't do that right. And all you're doing is creating those patterns within yourself of everything you didn't do right, rather than and go into that observatory mode and saying, all right, didn't like what happened. You know, we're again, we're not going to go sing, you know, hold hands and sing We Are the World. We're just going to look at the film from observatory standpoint, say, what didn't I like and what can I do about it? And get focused on what you can do to make that change. Andy Reid was one of those guys. Andy Reid, um, when Philadelphia was losing all these games in the beginning of the season with this so-called superstar team, but Batman's playing outstanding. But he was, he was the same coach that said and I don't think Andy's a bad coach at all. I just think, you know, sometimes you got to put it on the players. He, he will say, I'll take this loss. So, you know, I, okay, you can take the loss, but who are you going to blame in this situation? A lot of a lot of guys, when they critique themselves and they watch film, it's, it's almost like they're just watching a football game. They're not exactly, looking, they're and they're not, watching it over and over again, right. letting that sink into their head so they can do that bad right. again. Because I know when I just watch the uh, game films, uh, even – Going into a game and then after the game, I'm still taking notes. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, I, I made this call. Why wasn't I doing this instead of that? Or right. when I saw that, I got you got to see that stuff. And then it's all it becomes second nature um, to what you're doing on the field. And you don't, you know you don't have to make those mistakes. And then you mentioned the fans. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the fans. Like there are some stupid fans out there. And um, Kansas City Chiefs have a good group of, of fans. They I say loyal also, but you got to know when to cheer, when not to cheer. Um, it's kind of like a basketball game. You got to. I think the fans do play a part in into um, winning and losing or the outcome of certain. They can things. change the energy of the game, and they can change the energy of the game. Yeah. If fans get into it, they root so hard, uh, and they're so stunned that their team is losing, but they forget the root. So you know, like right. they could have. You come to the game, you got to have some some educated fans. The Raiders are, have good fans. Kansas City, uh, Philadelphia has some crazy fans, but they they good in Seattle. Atlanta. Seattle. Plus, yeah, you, Seattle. you go back to you know your belief in your team and your staying, your sticking with your team, whether it's the coach or the fans or the owners or whatever. Um, I saw a coach the other day that um, when they showed the camera, you know, the, their, his team was losing. They were not even at halftime yet. Man, you could tell his energy and his facial expression and everything. Was, he'd already given up. 
you know, and the fans start to give up. Well, that can change the entire outlook of the game rather than, and everybody's blaming, well, they should have done that and should have done that. You know, if they just stick with it, as we talked about before, right. stick with your plan, trust who you are, what you can do, and make it happen instead of blaming, get focused again, and go for it. I, I have two main problems with how things are done today. One, if the coach takes the blame too much, he's going to be out of a job. Right. So that's why Andy Reid took the blame, and he's been out of a job three times, and he's been, <laughs> he's been brought back. Two, I don't like it when, like, and, and I'm again, I'm 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 from LA, so I see Kobe on TV a lot, taking blame, taking blame, taking blame. That's putting him above the team, which I dislike extremely. Whenever the star player takes blame, he's putting himself above the team. So I think that who's to blame is the team as one unit, cohesive, non-cohesive, whatever it is. That's that's the, t- the coach can only do so much. The coach isn't throwing the ball. The coach isn't taking shooting three pointers. The coach isn't you know slap shotting one timing into the net. I'm gonna ask you a question though. What about <clears throat> what about this? The coach uh, he does have those starting five out there where there's a guy sitting on the bench that should be starting. Uh, and I also go this far. Do you think guys like Kobe Bryant send messages messages to the rest of his team like oh, I'm gonna take the blame, but y'all better step up. Well, saying y'all better step up and I'm gonna take the blame. Is two completely different things. If well, he takes the blame, that means he was three for nineteen with seven turnovers, <laughs> and and they almost won the game, and he missed the game-winning shot. But like, if Kobe has no problem calling out his team or his coach or other players, he has no problem if he's if he believes he's right, which a lot of times he is, whether people like him or not. But here's the point: is forget the blame. There doesn't need to be blame. That's the problem. Blame is what causes all the negative energy, the negative emotions that will take you from focusing on what really needs to happen. Take responsibility, yes. You know, look at what went wrong. Look at what needs to go right. What are you going to do step by step by step to fix it and make that happen rather than worrying about all the energy around blaming, which never gets anything done. Sure. I mean, mean, in football, football is very interesting because... Uh, an offensive lineman could, or a defensive lineman could, um, like yesterday, there was one where uh, there was an illegal contact or, or holding on the defense that led to a touchdown. The team comes back and doesn't score, and it, it's it's put on the quarterback's head when, in fact, the defensive lineman was the one that caused that them to be in that position. So if you have a team, it's always the team's responsibility to succeed or fail. Correct. It's always. It doesn't matter. The fans, yeah, you know, they'll help with momentum. They'll help with psyching out the visiting team or the home team in some instances, but it really comes down to the people that are paid to play and to score and 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 to win. It does. I don't think it's anybody else. The coach is a little bit of extension of that, but the coach again, unless you're Jason Garrett and you freeze your own and you freeze your own kicker, there's not many things the coaches could do. Well, but here's the thing: coaches I had I talked to the football. They yeah. got to manage those games. Well, the, on and off the field, yeah. I talked to one of my players the other day that said, you know, there's some things that they need to be fixing, and he said, I'm, a, you know, I talked to him about, uh, you know, what about talking to your coach? And he says, I don't want to go to my coach. He said they're so busy trying to protect their butt right now because they they're worried about their own jobs. And if he goes to the coach. The coach say you don't get this because this exactly. is this is his exactly. this is the coach's game plan. When I this is his game plan, whether he's an offense head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, this is his product, his defense he's putting on the field. So if I come to the coach and say I, I just don't get this, and we talking about the six t- six week in the season, he's like you don't get this. Well, how you been getting by? But, but then we go back to whose responsibility is it to make sure that every single team member understands exactly what they're players. supposed to do, as well as the players should be should have the freedom to ask the questions. And I know that's not happening. Well, they don't want. Well, yeah, you get you you go to that. They don't want to. Um, as far as a coach, 
managing. He's the boss. He has to manage that team. You got the players, okay, that's your product. That's the product that's on the field. You got to manage that product. And coach got to take some blame, too, but they won't. And then a lot of coaches do this to make themselves even even bigger coaches. Well, sure. They, they, they'll, they'll, They're trying to wrap themselves in a blanket so they can stay real warm and fuzzy and comfortable right. and not get hurt. I, I, and a lot of stuff I hear coaches say today is uh, uh, when they win a game, that you, they should have won anyway. When they win a game, they say, oh, we played a good team over there. That was a real good team we just beat. Oh, well, all you all you saying is you that great of a coach is you just beat a team that was good. You were supposed to beat that team. Right. You should go that's into the job. game thinking, yeah, you should yeah. go in thinking that's that's the team we want. We had to beat this team. But it's tougher for coaches because they're playing the game secondhand and the players well, are playing what? the team firsthand. They're they're it's the same game. They're not like puppets. They don't have control over every player exactly what he's doing. They can they can put they can put a game plan. Uh, it, they can put a game plan in their minds. They can teach them as much as they do. They can correct them in practice. But when the game happens. How much more? How much more improvement can you have from your coach? You coach five days during the week or six days, and then that's game time. Your, your coaching should be done. You only coaching on like, Sundays. You coaching on Sunday. That's when I you think show, it's the opposite. That's what. Well, okay. I don't want to confuse your um, <laughs> your opinions with my facts. I don't want to confuse it. <laughs> but you, 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 Damn you, it, you come to work. You come to work on Sundays, and and, and you're right in the sense as far as the players. They got to show up on Sundays anyway. You come to work on Sunday. Now you're coaching. You teaching on during the week, and that's and you only got like three days. But isn't that what coaching is about? Is teaching. Teaching is done in during during the week. You, yeah, teaching, you, training, it, yeah. repetitiveness, yeah, so that you can do it instinctually on the maybe field. Maybe that's what on I meant. The teaching should be done before before yeah, Sunday, I'm not, not the teach, coaching. Yeah, I'm not maybe teaching that's on the Sundays. correct word. I'm not teaching on Sundays. If Sunday, I teach, you call the play, and you better happen. Right, I'm teaching on Sunday, and that's the same thing. And I was saying, um, it, when you go out and get these guys, bring the right guy into your system. This is my, this is your thing, Alex. This is this is your game plan. Find the right guy to implement in your game plan. Just don't go get a get a guy who say, "Well, if I give it to him, he may do this." I know this guy is going to do this when I give him the ball, and well, I'm gonna live and die with that. And here's the thing: I mean, everybody is um, built off of routines. Our mind are built off of routines. So when you bring somebody in to a brand new routine, I don't care how good they are, they have to retrain their brain into a whole new way of thinking, working. It might be a whole new rhythm of the team. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of changes that go on. So the guy that the guy hasn't lost his talent he's lost his routine and he needs to be able to figure out how to work within that new routine again and that's a coach's responsibility as well as the players to get those guys and do that during the week see basketball in my opinion is a pickup game you can go out there and put five guys together and take them to la and play against the lakers it's, it's a pickup game but then you have certain plays that you know if you need a basket i gotta get it down to my big man if i need something to happen i'm gonna give kobe make it happen now football these guys have a different game plan in it now, well, there's also 11 guys to deal with instead of five, right. so it's a lot more difficult, a lot more intricate. Right, and that's why you, and, and that goes back to saying everybody on that field is, has been handpicked by the coach, so he knows what he has on the field, so this is my game plan. This guy, I feel like this guy can get it done. There's a reason why I got Adrian, uh, I'm sorry, Patrick Peterson returning punts. Well, see, I would say he knows who he picked by the way that the t the player played at the last play he was at, he doesn't know who who he's picked when he gets that guy under his roof. Yeah, he better he better be a baller. We're gonna take a break. We'll come back. That was down and dirty with devil. We're gonna come back. We'll talk a little bit about everything in this last segment. That's what I'm talking about. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four if you wanna join the show.
Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. Okay, I like that. That's Keep not going. fair, Monk. Keep it going. Nah, I'm, that's not my sexy voice music. I'm, I'm, I'm already talking sexy the whole second. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm trying to convince Alex that I'm not always right. I mean, I'm, sometimes I'm wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're trying to convince yourself that you're not always right. Nah, I, already, I already know I'm not right all the time. I, I'm at a percentage. What was the percentage? It was 96%. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm, I'm right 96% of the time. Certain A paper. And then that 4%. You're darn close. I can argue to, to be right. <laughs> I can argue to be right. Let's, uh, let me thank uh, Cindy, too. Cindy uh, bought in some coffee and donuts that you guys mm. want to eat. And not from McDonald's. She got it from Dunkin' Donuts. She the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't like all that that stuff on my donuts. I don't like all that. It's Christmas, the holidays, and it look good, but I don't like sprinkles on my donuts. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's good to know. <laughs> that's why you got to go to Krispy Kreme. Because <laughs> you want a heart attack right after you eat it. Heart That's, attack? It's a heart attack. It's a heart attack in the palm of your hand. What a donut! Yeah, from Krispy Kremes. Absolutely. Don't you smoke? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was because I'm confused. I mean, I'd rather eat a donut than smoke a cigarette. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get that phlegm out of his anyways, throat. He'll be anyways, he's got to get that smoke out of his lungs. That's part of your ninety-six percent. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> now just make the. I mean, it's. it's, it's I like I like Krispy Kreme. Then, well, I'm from Virginia. We always got that. We got Krispy Kremes out there, and that hot sign is on like two or three o'clock in the morning. Why I'm up at two or three o'clock in the morning, I know it's gonna be on. I'm leaving from certain clubs and bars and stuff like that. Um, but that when they you get them while they hot, there's one over here on um, Armour School. They, they not hot. No, <laughs> they not hot. They're probably three days old. I got a microwave. Oh, it's three, three days old, so I'm eating a heart attack and I'm putting a, a, a microwave in it. Yeah, in you said you love Burger King. That's what they do with their burgers. Burger King? They microwave them. No, they charboil them. So they microwave. No, they don't. They run them through a broil. They just slide, okay. slide up there. I don't. They're know. all I'm not, na- they're all natural. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't even I don't even do do fast food too tough. Maybe Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, the good stuff. Yeah, the good oh, stuff. Only the high end. Uh, That's real meat right there. You don't watch those it's commercials. It's real kangaroo meat. I've been to Australia before. It's, oh, it's good. God. I've never been to Australia. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Oh, we got basketball coming up. Um, and I was, I was at a. Do I want to say where I was? I was at a bar, and um, I wasn't trying to start a fight, Alex. 
I wasn't sorry about Tim. Yeah, you was trying to start a fight. Maybe. Um, <laughs> wasn't throwing his but opinions around. But I saw around. I saw a basketball game on, and I'm like, okay, basketball is here now, and and I think the team. Everyone's saying the Lakers is still the team, and I think with the with Kobe and the rest of those guys, I think they are. But but look at the Clippers, what they have over there. I mean, they may not have that that continuity that the Lakers still have because they just getting together. But I think in by the middle the middle of this short season, the Clippers may be. And hunt for things. They could be a contender. Yeah. Okay. So and, and New York too, because they got uh, Chandler. I yeah. Think. But okay. So you got to think that there are probably three teams that are better than the Clippers in the West, right? Dallas. Dallas. Don't uh, say San Antonio. No, no, no. Uh, the Lakers, I would say, still yeah. just because of the status and because of the experience. I'm still. I'm with you. Go Dallas. The Lakers. I'm trying to think. There was one more that I was for sure. That, oh my you goodness. You was gonna say the Spurs. That's why. Well, no, I wasn't. <laughs> well, okay, anyway, what about because the Phoenix Suns is in a uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, Don't talk about my home team. You Dan, from California. Uh, that Sarver should be should have been fired twenty years ago. Who? Before uh, the owner. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh. So anyway, so then and then you have Miami, Orlando with with Dwight Howard. Uh, you know, New Jersey with Darren Williams and Brooke Lopez and that that young that young crew, Derek Favors. I mean, there are some teams that are better than them. So just because that they're the new hot commodity out doesn't mean that they're the best team. Doesn't mean that they're going to win. Mm-mm, I didn't it's, say that. No, right, but. What they do have is this young, you know, uh, DeAndre Jordan is playing center now because Chris Kamen got uh, uh, traded. He's, he's good. He, I think he can be good. Blake right Griffin, there. Karan Butler, and then I think they're going to start Chauncey and Chris Paul in the backcourt together. You, you have to. Well, but they you, play the same position. Uh, no, unless I, Chauncey, Chauncey Billups was always he's always a he's Chauncey's a product a, of the half court game. He always has been with Detroit. It will Denver a little bit less, right? And that's why New York wasn't working for him. That's why they amnestied him. Our um, amnesty. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it, that's what it is. they got rid of. They didn't. They didn't lose anything for it. That's why he was take that. Well, because they needed Tyson Chandler, they had to get rid of him for yeah, Tyson Chandler. It, and, but. but it didn't even cost to the cap. That's that's the bull crap I was talking about uh, when we was about yeah. was it two weeks ago. Yeah, we were talking about that two weeks ago. Um, he took his sixteen million dollars to that. Now, as far as starting him in the back and he the same guy, I want my best player. He's a you know why they call him Mr. Big Shot. Because he hit big shots in oh, time. Oh, in what? In two thousand? That was great. Or two thousand four or whatever it was. I seen him hit big shots last uh, last year with the Knicks. He didn't hit one shot that mattered last year because they crazy? stunk. You, I seen him. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be combative. I'm not trying to be combative. You can be combative. That's what I'm, I'm just saying. That's I'm, you are. And this this you are. is the four percent. <laughs> this is the four percent out of the hundred. Okay. Go ahead. No, but no, but I go ahead. No, no, I understand. No, I would bring. I would keep Paul and Chauncey in together. They just. It just makes sense to me to have my best players on the field, on the court. I agree. And not that they play the same position, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, you can, football, you can have like four receivers and you don't know which one to start. Put two of them out there or put three of them out there. Or you can go to the flush package, which is four receivers. Put them all out there. You just want to give yourself a chance to win. I think Paul should bring the ball up. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And he yeah. will, because yeah. he's, he's the best point guard yeah. in the NBA. He just is. If he stays healthy, that's their problem. Cron Butler. When you don't want to be somewhere, you, you tend to not think about your job. You like know, the Beanie Wells effect? Like when you start doing well and you're in a good you're in a good situation, you start playing through pain? Yeah, but you start paying I think uh Paul is a I think he's durable. I think uh he's durable. He bring he brings the ball up. Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups, half court game, and you're right. Mm-hmm. Half court game. And then you got those other three guys who's gonna be They can jump through the building. DeAndre they Jordan jump out the gym, but it, basketball is predicated on defense. You got to stop these teams score. Look what Dallas did. Dallas, well, they got Dirk Nowitzki, and he's, he's a different. That guy's a different. He shoot from anywhere off two toes. If he only had one foot, I'd still put him in my starting five. 
<laughs> that guy's that good. Yeah, I don't know if you watched this guy. Play he is or not. that good. He's a competitor. Uh, yeah. He's a big time competitor. Look what he did to the Lakers. The Lakers yeah. only building their team to beat Dallas. Not San Antonio. Well, get past well, those so guys. they build their team to beat Dallas, and they send their X factor to Dallas, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> now so, here, so, here, so really quick, the Lakers—they're old. They're not the favorite. I don't think. I don't think the favorite is in the West this year. I think it's probably Miami, maybe New York if they can gel. That's wh- that's why um, the owner. I mean, yeah, the um, um, what's the guy name? Uh, David Stern. That's oh, why David Stern vetoed that that trade because he still want Miami to be that team. He's on Dwayne Wade and uh, LeBron James. Well, they they picked team. up they oh, picked yeah, up, he, on, he on their underwear. <laughs> yeah. They picked up Troy Murphy, who's a very versatile format. I think he's like six ten, shoots threes. Him, so they'll trade Bynum and Gasol. For Dwight Howard, and now they have a four. They'll have a starting lineup, and that's what's going to move forward. I really think before the first of the year, it really could happen. Yeah, Kobe's got some new blood to work with now, and he's yeah. got some off the court things to work through now too. And they got rid of Shane yeah. Brown. Well, guy come off the bench. I, I might have kept, but I you mean, know. they have Matt Barnes still. They have Luke yeah. Walton. I mean, there's guys. And, oh, and Meta World Peace, the future All Star on our test. Get out of here with that. Get he, rid he, of him. He don't even know. who the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. He don't even like the name his mom gave him. Ugh. He changed his name. So Eddie landed world, on Meta World, world Peace. World be free. That's the world, world be free. Be free. <laughs> world be free changed his name too. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Got to get a bigger uniform to get that all on there. I, I'm oh not gonna dis- I'm not gonna discount the uh, Lakers at the end of the day, but they still because Kobe is the best player in the league. They have they have to prove it. And I think this year might be the year where he won't be considered that anymore. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, oh. this young crew. Oh, and okay, Oklahoma Kevin City. Durant, Oklahoma City is the team that's better than the Clippers in the West. They're probably they yeah. they are, I think they're the favorite to win the West. Well, if that if a Westbrook could stop bring stop trying to be Durant, if he bring the ball up and pass the ball, he comes play up and shoot. Guard. Play yeah. point guard. Yeah, he don't want to lost the uh, playoffs when they right. got. I think out. that they had a talk over the summer. Yeah. I think there's going to be a little bit. To. He's going to average 15 assists a game or 12 or 13 assists a game. I'm looking for Kevin Durant to do more of a more talking to his players than, than he's done in the past, but I'm not, not to scold him, not that Kobe Bryant type stuff or that Michael Jordan stuff, because he's, he's not those guys. He's a different guy, right. but that guy's probably he's one, the of, man now. He's he's one of the, yeah, he's, he's the, he's the, he's the man. He's so, one of the most purest, uh, purest uh, shooters, uh, scorers out there, uh-huh. but he, if Westbrook don't bring the ball up um, and do whatever he want to, which he did last year, and it was crazy, I'm like, why don't Samaj? And then he got that dumb look on his face. It really made me don't <laughs> like him. Yeah. Remember Samaj said she looked like a ducktail. Yeah, yeah. Like a ducktail. <laughs> you know that he has that dumb look on his face. I'm like, the bull makes me not like him now. I mean, you got you too talented to be he a dummy. He looks like right? an other now. You don't like him. Yeah, he's great yeah. on the show. Yeah. Well, we gonna. Uh, <laughs> and on that happy holidays to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy holidays. Don't, don't have a dumb face on your. Don't, don't look. Don't on your look face. on and your face. Your relatives will hate you. And don't bring us. Uh, Donuts with sprinkles on them. <laughs> Thank you, anyway, for the donuts, though. Oh, yes, yeah, Thanks for the donuts <laughs> and the coffee. Hey, it's Kwamla Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in the studio. Check out uh, uh, what is yourclearish.com and at Clancy Corner on Twitter. You can check out the fan page on Facebook, and I might throw some stuff out there. It's my lucky day. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.